This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The BHP Podcast is proudly presented by Dead Down Wind, Stealth Cam, Tinks, Skullhooker, Grind Life Coffee. We also want to tell you guys to check out the new Fred Bear Feel Notes Podcast, available on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Learn about Fred Bear and his heritage. It's something you're not going to want to miss, and it's one of those things that really bring bow hunters together. Hello and welcome to the BonerPlant.com podcast on this special, special evening. I'm here with myself, it's myself, Dave Thomas, here with Kevin Conlon and Bob McGee and special guest, Keel Jorgensen from Woods and Water News. How are you, my friend? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Great. Good. Good. Uh, so for those you don't know, coming up this year in Michigan, if you are a Michigander or decide to travel to Michigan in early September, late August, early September, first weekend, um... The outdoor weekend in Emily City, Michigan is coming, and Bowhunter Planet will be there live doing our BHP podcast, which makes it super fun. And also, it gives you a good time to come out and just enjoy hunting life, because <laughs> that's what that show really is to me. It's just everybody's there. It's one of the funnest things in Michigan that's done, and uh, Keel is here to tell us about that show, because we want to help promote it right off the bat now to get you guys out there engaged and uh, having a good time and come see us and see Kiel and see it, what they do because it is absolutely amazing and a lot to see. So, Kiel, I guess let's start real quick before we get into the show specifically. Let's talk about the, the Woods and Water News. Like, yes. how did you guys, how did that start? Like, where did it come from? It started about 35, 36 years ago. I think it's 36 years now. And um, it started out, we have a, a county newspaper called Tri City Times, which would cover, you know, Elmley City, Elmont, Dryden, KPAC. And, um, it's a big farming community, big hunting community, and my dad, Randy, had an idea. Um, kind of, he, he had the idea, but my late grandfather always wanted to do an outdoor-type publication, type paper, something he thought, it, you know, the demographics right there. So after he passed away, my dad's like, you know what, we got to do it. And so it started off as like a little tiny insert inside of the Tri-City Times. I mean, it was maybe four or five pages, something like that, and it just covered those tri-county communities, you know, and uh, it grew and grew and grew and picked up and picked up, and then after a couple years, like, well, let's kind of make it a separate entity, and uh, it did that, and from then on, it just kept growing and growing and growing, and now we have well over 100,000 readers a month, and, you know, we ship it out to a lot of states, and it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of work. You know, the challenge of print nowadays is still an issue, but we believe and we feel we have such a niche market that it's it's okay. And our readership's growing, subscriptions are going up, advertising's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And, you know, you kind of wonder with the times, like, as you know, with print, it's like, hey, do we scale back on that? Do we go digital? Do we do this? Right. With today's day and age of everything going online yeah. and everything like that. But yeah. you know what? When you're at hunting camp, you want to read? There's nothing <laughs> yep. better than yep. sitting down with There's a Woods nothing. and Water magazine yeah. and checking out what the latest thing is. And, and we, you're right, and we have seen that too. Is you've seen that kind of nostalgic mentality of a lot of people too, is saying, you know what, I'm not getting the right service. Why do I sit in my hunting camp, my blind? You got to mm-hmm. sit down with, with Woods and Water magazine and sit go down through it, and you read it three or four times because there's always something new you're picking up. Great articles and tips and good advertisers. It's yeah, it's uh, I love it. 
Timeless. My thing is, I, you know, I, I pretty much pick one up every time I go on a hunt camp. So sure. <laughs> I yeah. think it's interesting, like, because I'll stop in the gas station no matter where I'm at. Usually it's in the uh, the Emily City region, you know, in that area. But sure. I, I always stop in and um, I buy, like, beef jerky, maybe some cigars. But I end up always getting one of these before I, get, I leave. I, I go all the way to the UP and hunt every year, and I pick them right. up in the UP. I mean, they're... Are you in other states, too? Because I swear I've seen Woods and Waters magazines. We distribute to other states. So we hit a lot in northern Ohio, northern Indiana, but now we're shipping out a lot to the, you know, Illinois, Indiana, Wisconsin, Minnesota-type areas, down to Ohio. Or, I'm sorry, um, Iowa. Now, do they change the content for their state? We do not. Okay. We do not. And that's something we've talked about, but we're not going to mess with something that's not broken. Right, right. Man, this is... um yeah, I'm just worse looking through the latest one. Well, it's cool. It's <laughs> it's cool because you don't run into anybody that hunts here in Michigan that doesn't know sure. about Woods and Waters. You know, you talk about Woods and Waters, a lot of people get it through the subscription. Yep. A lot of guys that I know, you know, they pick it up at sport shops and yep. stuff when they go in to buy something. Oh, the new Woods and Waters. Here you go. Yeah, it's a blessing. Well, and it's not just hunting, too. It's the fishing stuff. It's woods and... Oh, it's, yep. it's, it's realty, hunting realty, you know. Exactly. Everything. Our real estate section's huge in the back, a lot of hunting land. Yeah. Um, oh, I missed that. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Oh, snap. You know, now yeah. more, we're getting into, you know, traveling. Dang. The whole outdoors. Right. You know, not just skewing only towards hunting and fishing. We want to capture... Everything and everybody. Like camping, things like that. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and you know what? I, myself, there's been a lot of times I've picked up this magazine and I've learned a lot yeah. from the articles. Yeah. You know? Great writers. Yeah. If you want to learn about hunting, fishing, yeah. the latest These techniques. are real deal guys, man. They're out in the field doing. Now, speaking of that, how many writers do you guys have? Because I know a couple that wrote for the, the magazine over the years, too. It varies. It varies. It's kind of hard to put a number on it just because we have so many articles coming in and... For example, we'll have one from, you know, someone who wants to submit an article for the October issue. Who, Lane Walker? <laughs> right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But, you know, a lot of times we hold on to that and we'll say, okay, this one really can work for December issue. Or this one, maybe we'll hold on a little bit. Maybe there's one a little similar to that. We'll push it to the next October or the next November issues. So it's, it's kind of hard to put a number on how many we have. Explain to the audience that's listening how you go about choosing the articles, the articles. that you're going to run in the magazine. Well, it's got to make sense for the season. It's got to make sense for the month. Um, we don't want a duplicate article. You know, we like a little controversy here and there. We like to throw some things in. But we don't want to duplicate an article and have someone be on page 34 and then page 76. It's pretty much the same thing, just coming from two different guys. Yeah. Right? So we like to spread that out and... And and make it as informative as possible month by month. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Now, do you have any? I, I see you got the www.woodsandwaters.com. Mm-hmm. Are, there, are there articles on there too, or is it just? There is. There is. There is. Yes. Okay. So. And our website's getting relaunched. Uh, should be done any day now, which looks awesome. We're working on it for a while, and and uh, it's going to look great. Plus, we have the outdoorweekend.net, which is all for the show. Okay. And. That is a great-looking site. It's got everything you need to know about the show in there, too. So so talk a little bit about the show. You went from the magazine, and then yeah. what? when did the show start? 33 years ago. Oh, wow. that long ago. 1986. Doesn't it's, seem like it's been that long. I was three years old. I was going to say. Is it wow. always been at Imlay City it is, uh, Fairgrounds? It has always been at the Eastern Michigan Fairgrounds in Imlay City. We didn't always use the same amount of space we've used in the past, you know. Before, when we first started, it was, you know, I was a little kid, and I can remember as much as I can running around with my dad and my uncle, and mm-hmm. and uh, we used, like, I think one building and one tent on the outside, and that was it. Had a couple seminars, that's it. And then we spread out to the whole grounds, mm-hmm. and we've had some new changes to it. We got to get new exhibitors in, more exhibitor space, and uh, it's it's just... Seems like it's growing nonstop, yeah. which is a good problem it is. to have. And yeah. it's actually one of the bigger shows for Michigan, isn't it, as far as outdoor shows? Yeah. Um, you know, Showspan puts on some great shows. They got some big shows, big numbers in the Grand Rapids, Novi areas. But I think as far as space and exhibitors, we're right up there. Yeah. I mean, in the fall, there's nothing, you know, close to our show. One of my favorite parts of the show is uh, the water dogs. 
the bird dogs and stuff. Yep. People that haven't seen it don't realize what they're missing. Oh, it's so Watching much fun. the retrievers and stuff go after. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. I like the puppies. Yeah. A lot yeah. of people like the puppies. And but my favorite thing there is the BHP podcast. It's so hot. BHP yeah, podcast BHP podcast is okay. <laughs> don't that's they? A, don't they also? I don't know if they do it every year, but have the jumping dogs too. Water, the, yep, that's what yep, he was talking about. Yep, the, the ultimate dogs. air dogs. Yeah, yep. those guys. That's so funny. <laughs> and Mill Wilcox and his uh, son Brian do that, and they've been around for. They've become the show for Mill years. Wilcox. That's Tiger Ball. That's Tiger. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm thoroughly impressed with the people that that the show attracts as far as the seminars. You yeah. should hear the famous people that attracts too that Keel doesn't really talk about. They walk through with hats on and glasses and you don't know who they are, but well, they're very, very famous. Yeah, very. extremely incognito there. <laughs> but, you know, it's, 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 you know, it's hard to put in words sometimes with, with the show and the attractions that we have and how cool it is. Yeah. You know, we have so many different things. Now our, one thing that's really blown up big time now is our waterfowl area. Which is huge. Yeah. I mean, we're like outgrowing the space there. We're moving people around here and there. And that is a huge market right now that's hitting hard. And, yeah. and we got some great new exhibitors coming in for that, too. So it, it's, it's mean, hitting everybody. And, and it's all aspects of waterfowl. The gun dealers are out there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I mean, every, the, every, every the aspect. Boats, the boats, the decoys. The call makers, everybody. The thing oh. about that industry, though, I mean, that specific niche of hunting is that it's very expensive. And so you're dri it's driving fast and hard right now with sick of gear and you know, they're, what they're doing in marketing is helping that industry grow by showing these amazing fun. I don't know if you've seen that. I know you've seen it, but that snowbird thing where they do those yep. huge yep. snow geese or whatever they yep. are. I mean, it's it's just some cool videos that are being produced right now. I think engaging people to get outdoors and try it. Yeah, it definitely does bring a whole new market to it, like you said. It's it's not a cheap, not a cheap sport at all. Waterfowl <laughs> yeah. is not at uh, all. For, for you guys, if your wife's are listening, to uh, send her out of the room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be like, another sport? No. Yeah, no, exactly. no, no. So what are, you seeing, uh, what are you seeing and hearing on the bow fishing side of it in Michigan? Are you guys seeing a lot of that or not really? Or? Not as much as we'd like to. Yeah. We'd like to see more. Um, and I don't know. I would think it'd be a lot more. You know, I just you saw one think. picture of bow fishing yeah, in, I mean, in the magazine. Yeah, I mean, we see it a little bit, but we want to see, like, a lot of it. We want to yeah. see as much as we possibly can and... And uh, that's one we want to get into as well. You'll see a lot more bow fishing. And if you're out there listening, you got articles and pictures, send them on in. Yeah. We'd love to have them. Well, one of the things that's, that's great about the show is the timing of it. It comes in yeah. September. Oh, it's in the best. Early yeah. September. Yeah, everybody's And it's almost, to me, it's almost like this kicks off my hunting yep. season. Everybody's I come to a Woods and Water show, and by the time I leave there, I am, like, ready to hunt. That is 100% the truth. And that's one thing that we got real lucky on from the get-go is we've always been 33 years the weekend after Labor Day. Okay. And for some reason, it just stuck, and it all worked out with everyone's schedule and timing. But like you said, timing is it's key. Yeah. yeah. And people are pumped up for the season. Temperature starts cooling off a little bit. Football's on TV, falls in the air. Yeah. Let's go. And you know what? And you can get some great deals. Oh, there. yeah. Oh, yeah. You can get oh, deals. I know I know at the bow hunter plant. Well, one we, of the we first. give stuff away. <laughs> By the end of the show, we're giving it away. One of the That's first right. tree stands I bought was from Woods and Waters. Oh, really? Yeah. And it, I didn't see them there this last year when we worked it. But do you remember the Tree Walker organization? I do remember. Organization? That. I do remember. That, that. was a yes. kick butt stand. That was very cool. Yeah. I kept that stand for ages until I gave up climbing stands, right. and it was like this is one of the best stands I've ever owned. Yes, we get all our stuff there. I mean, for when we go hunting, it's like, you know, we can go to stores and stuff like that, but it's right here for it's us. It's right there. You know, it's what the consumer's dream is right here. And the the cool thing about it is, you can walk around, and you can always find something that you can use that somebody's making. Exactly. That isn't on the market yet, but it's something that they're developing in their basement garage. Yep. And it's, uh, hey, man, that's really cool. I, and that's a great point is is kind of the mom and pop mentality right. of, of my creation, giving it to you. Let's test it out. Let's see how the, the, the public respond to it. And it's it's overwhelming. It's awesome. Yeah, there's so much in here. There's, like, so many different topics in here. It's crazy. Yeah. You got, you got like, old-fashioned musket shooting articles. Mm -hmm. You got like uh, threats to the Great Lakes due to the windmills uh -huh. or whatever, you, wind turbines, whatever they're called. Yeah. I mean, just tons of variety in these magazines. You guys got to – I mean, the whole time I've been quiet, I've been just glancing through all the articles trying to see the interest, like, what kind of things are in here. But, man, this is absolutely amazing. Yeah, and that's one thing, you know, when we develop our sites, you know, our website, it's we have so much content. 
Yeah. Not just from recency, but going back. Mm-hmm. And it's we have it just built up in our database of like, man, we got to get this online. People right. have seen this, plus our archives. I mean, we get a ton of calls like, man, you guys did an article, let me see, back in 1992. <laughs> like, oh, okay, do you have that by chance? I'm sure we do. <laughs> in our back room in the office, thousands of magazines. I mean, I go all the way back to the beginning. So when your you're, you're dad and you get started this out, it's probably just a few guys, right? What's a grown? Like, how many employees do you have now and stuff? Like, what's uh, a grown? You know, it's not as big as you think. You know, I mean, we're a we're a family run business. Um, my dad's a publisher; he started it all. But then my uncle, Tom Campbell, who's the editor of the magazine. You know, he's uh-huh. the brains behind the operation and uh, the main show coordinator for the outdoor weekend. And um, you know, we'll have, I don't know, fifteen. 20? Wow. That's, That's a lot of work for 50. It's a lot yeah, of work, yeah. you know. You guys, you guys got to stay busy. But we don't print it ourselves. So we do all the layout. Um, you know, technology nowadays really helps the layout and everything with the print, plus our, our writers, you know. and I noticed, I noticed at the show, too, and sometimes you even have the Michigan DNR there sometimes. We do. And they, you know, if you uh-huh. got questions, well, they're more than happy to answer questions and they're stuff great. like that. And how long have they been coming to the show? As long as I can remember. Really? Yep. That's great. They're in the big, the big blue building. Yep. Same spot. Yep. Forever. Yeah. Cabell's is there now, too. Yeah. Cabell's. Mike Abe is. Is Mike, Mike coming this year? Mikey. Do I'm sure Mike will. He's always he's bear always, hunting, always, generally. He is. He, did, well, he was there last year. He was there last year because he did you guys. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Avery. I'm so excited. I haven't seen him in a while. I hope he brings a cigar for me this time. Uh, Mike, yeah. if you're hearing this, we're a stoker. Awesome guy. We're on every Monday with him. And yeah, that's he's cool. He's a good dude. Now, what's the hardest part uh, about the outdoor weekend for you guys? Like, what would you say is, like, there's a lot of things you guys do for this show, obviously. There's tons of hard things. But what's the one thing that you feel is the hardest? Weather. Not being oh, able to manage yeah, the weather. That sucks. <laughs> oh, yeah. The things you can't control are the worst. Um, other than that, it's... And it does seem you get your fair share of rain on that weekend. We find a way. I was going to say, the last couple of years, to be a little it's rained belt. on us somewhere in there. There's been a little belt. It seems like it follows... Right along, 53 off 69. It's going to yeah. hit us a little bit, but we always, you know, knock on wood. Uh, one of the reasons the why we actually, like, voted to keep our, our tent, tent one. Because <laughs> we're like, yeah, we don't deal with it. If it, like, pours, it's not a big deal. Yeah. And then for the podcast, we were thinking, like, all right, how can we, like, if it starts to rain, what's our plan? Like, do we, can we suck in the speakers inside that the, the wood, and then should oh. we drop, like, tarps around it, just in case the spray, you know? Because yeah. you're talking thousand dollars of boards. The funny stuff. thing about it, though, this this podcast goes out to people all over the country. You got to remind them, we are Michiganders. We are Michiganders. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're, come we're on. used to rain. <laughs> it can rain. It can snow. Right. We'll we still be out. Deal we're with, outside. We deal with hand weather here. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Like you know, if it's a regular festival in town or if it's a fair, or whatever it is, and it rains. Yeah. People shelter. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Then when they it, come back out because it's it ends quick anyway, generally. But with the show, when it rains. Yeah, there's. I got my camo. My, that's it. You know, I they're got walking my, around. They're they practicing. Go buy it. They're yeah. practicing for duck hunting. They show it off. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. I'm not getting wet. This is awesome. Look yeah. what I got on. Exactly. That's that's the cool thing. About <laughs> it's so it. funny because like the show is um because it's consumer based. It's so much yeah. different than like the ATA show. Right. So you go to the ATA show. It's all indoors. It's like all. I don't know. I mean, you still have a fair share of normal people that are there that are a part of something. They're working or, they're, you know, and they're walking around. Whereas this is like, you know, babies, kids, moms, dads, dogs. Everybody. It's like the coolest thing because it's the actual consumer. And when we started last year, the one thing I thought was really funny is when we started doing giveaways, we were just like yelling like, oh, you know, who wants it? Yeah. <laughs> and just, they're all of a sudden, listen, there are like five people out there. All of a sudden, there's like 50, 60 people in front of that booth. And I was like, oh, my gosh. What did you I do? don't have enough. No, it was crazy. Then they started just throwing the stickers like in the air because they had so many. They're going everywhere. And they, ever, they're all gone. Like yeah. by the, It was hilarious. Like, yeah. And that's one thing also is, is we started out, it was, you know, that demographic of 30 to 55 male hunters. Now it's everybody family oh, based, and, yeah. that, and that's one thing that we're really pushing is bring your kids. Yep, yep. Oh, bring yeah. your wife. Mothers pushing strollers with yep. you know yeah. their children tagging behind them, the husbands with them. Absolutely, and it it's just unbelievable. And the it's super of smart to have the puppies. Yeah, puppies help. Puppies help. Who'd we talk into trying to buy one last year? Was it What's No Boom? No Boom. Jamie. 
Yeah. He's like, oh, oh you I, I really kinda, need that dog. I almost bought one last year. Girl, I thought about it. Those dog. little beagles are there right in the beginning. They're yeah. gone by the end of the thing. They're all gone. Like thank, literally thank in a day. Goodness. Hundreds, <laughs> yeah. hundreds and hundreds of puppies gone. They're so fast. Most of them are gone by Saturday. Well, we're yeah, there we early because we're there with the show setups right. and stuff. So we get to see them right away. And it's funny because, like, there's so many right in the beginning. And then you go back literally hours later, they're all, a lot of them are like, gone. What happened to them all? They bring in other ones too, though. So it's not like they're all gone every day. Right. I know they bring more in too when people Yeah, bring a lot them. of breeders. A lot of, we have the same a lot of the breeders. You know, they repeat guys. And they know, okay, Friday we're going to be out this many. Saturday we might have to go reload and get some more and bring them back. First yeah. Sunday, the end of the show. Are these breeders the people you guys have worked with for the magazine, too? No. Okay, so nope. you just pretty much you see them every year just for that? Yeah, pretty well, much. The other thing, too, is, I mean, there's people there looking for dogs, but if you've got a dog and you're looking for a trainer oh. and stuff like that, yep. you can go. There's so many guys that you can go there That's and talk point. to about, hey, I want my dog to go to school. Or I want this. There's trainers out there. And they'll give you tips, and they'll they'll tell you, yeah, you know, they'll give you. Yeah, they'll, uh, they'll sit right there, and they'll grab your puppy and say, look, this is what we need to do. This is what you, or you need to do, mm-hmm. and to make your dog the best hunting dog possible. And I'd say I'd say fifty yeah. percent of the waterfowl exhibits, they've got information. If they they don't have the knowledge to tell you, yeah, how to train your dog, yeah. they've got the information there to where they'll put you in touch with somebody that will. Train yes. your dog to the best abilities. Very well planned. There's always a purpose with all of them. And, and uh, we, we have one great trainer that's right across from the puppy tent, Len Jenkins. And uh, he's awesome. And he'll sit right there and certain people, he'll let you know. He'll be like, hey, if you, want, if you get a dog, retrieving dog, bring him to me. We'll do it right now. We'll work yeah. on it right away. <laughs> there you go. And that's something right there at the show. And all the accessories, the collars, the leashes, the leads, whatever it may be. Yeah. It's here for Because, you. you know, a dog's an investment. Oh. If oh, you're yeah. into hunting and you oh, invest. for hunting, yeah. Sure. If you're into hunting and you invest in a good hunting dog, yep. and in my opinion, if you don't take them to a trainer that knows what they're doing, you're That's wasting right. your money. Yeah. yeah. Unless, you, unless you already know what to do. But you probably, a lot of people think they know what to do, but yeah, it's well, nothing compared to what these guys right. know. Right. A lot of times you say, oh, well, if I can Google it or read it or whatever it may be. and yeah. But getting that right person who understands the dogs and mm-hmm. how to be a trainer and how to own a dog and say, look, forget all that. Let's do this right now. It's, it's so beneficial. Yeah, it really is. Oh, I see you got the, the chainsaw carving guy. Is going to be back there again yep. this year? And we got uh, Byron Ferguson back. Byron. Byron. That'll be where I'll be hanging. Uh, we got to talk to Byron. We got to get him over to talk to you him. You should. Have, have him show you his aspirin shoot. Yep. I want to see Byron make some shots. He can still do all this stuff. Does he, he really do that? Is it is it trick I've seen Is this it. do perfect? I've, I've seen, seen it. it. It's amazing. I have seen it. He does blindfolded shots. Is he going to shoot? He's shooting He's, Oh, yeah. Oh, He's where do you guys do seminars. this? Like in a field or something? So you yep. don't get shot? It, yeah, exactly. <laughs> luckily, luckily, he doesn't miss. So. Yeah, I don't think he <laughs> He does not miss. This he's, guy he's is unbelievable. I saw him at an outdoor show, and I had the opportunity to sit down and talk to him. He and told you you're nuts. You're the worst shooter he's ever seen. Probably. <laughs> and I go between traditional and compound. Sure. And he's the one that drilled it into my head about instinctive shooting. Yeah. You don't aim. You just... Yep. And it works. After you've developed that pattern, you don't aim at anything. You look at it like a baseball throw. Since 1971, Burris has been the leader in optics innovation, and that continues today with products like the new Oracle Range Finding Bowsight. Burris offers the best value on the market today. Their optics are durable, reliable, and affordable. Everything they offer from red dots and rifle scopes to their binos and bow sights are backed by their forever warranty. Burris, find what matters. For 20 years, StealthCam has been at the forefront of trail camera development and innovation. From the industry's first 4K ultra-high-definition DS4K and the XV4's advanced high-resolution night imaging to the latest in wireless technologies, StealthCam continues to deliver the highest quality, most reliable trail cameras available. Your images begin at StealthCam.com. Coffee break If you're looking for premium coffee for those who grind every day, if life is an adventure and not just a routine, Grind Life is for you. 
You could be an adventurer, military person, first responder, outdoorsman, factory worker, or just red-blooded patriotic American. Grind Life is here to help you achieve success in everything you do. Visit GrindLifeCoffee.com and tell them BHP Podcast sent you. And enjoy a fresh brew just like us. Yo, Kevin, give me a warm-up. All right, and we're back. All right, sorry about that. <clears throat> Quick commercial break, and uh, so we're back with Keel Jorgensen from Woods and Water News and uh, talking about the outdoor weekend. Uh, Bob was just in the middle of a sentence. We cut him off. But um, so you're so – <laughs> I'm used to it. <laughs> I'm, uh, Go ahead, finish your thing, Bob. Finish your thing. He told you to shoot at what? Well, he explained to me it's like when you were a kid yeah. and you were throwing a baseball to the cutoff man, the first base, from the outfield – uh, whoever, did you aim to throw the baseball? And I looked at him, and I, the light bulb came on. I said, never. Yeah. I said, I, I just threw it. And I, you'd always hit him, you know, dead center of the chest. Well, the majority of the time. He said, you got to think about archery that way. Sure. you got to look at it. Your mind's got to think, all right, this is where I want the arrow to go. And without aiming, you just let it do it. That's great advice. Yeah, it works. I disagree. It does not work. Just kidding. <laughs> In my case, we'll, it we'll works. talk to him about it yeah. the show. By- Byron's full of crap, right? Come on, Byron. Let's, you got. You, you, we're talking about Uncle Bob here, okay? Yeah. He shot a wall when he says, "I can't see anything and let it fly and hit a wall." Yeah, but so, then he just came in fourth place over. Yeah, I don't get it. I just, I just finished fourth it. place on a, a 3D shoot. Crazy. Yeah. And one of the guys that beat him was a pro. So. Yeah. So-called pro. <laughs> oh. How's that grip? <laughs> the inside joke. Yeah. Chris always gives me crap because I always say, oh, that's a nice grip on a bow for a bow review, which is ridiculous. But <laughs> it is. They are nice grips. Sorry, people. Sorry to tell you. Anyway, um, yeah, so the show is coming up in September, uh, early, the first weekend of September. And uh, it is the first weekend, right? Second. Yeah, week, uh, 6th, 7th, and 8th. 6th, 7th, and 8th. Yep. So um, should be a lot of fun. So I, I, besides that, like, Dude. what are you up to? Are you almost done with planning for that? Or, or no. when do you get the party? Like, um, after? Pretty much. <laughs> Tuesday? Friday night. Friday <laughs> nice. night's uh Once it's rolling. Release. Once it's rolling, everyone's there. <sighs> Sigh of relief. Okay, we can yeah. have a beer. I think what we should do this year is after the show on Friday, we should go to the beer tent, enjoy some beers, but also, also – Talk the owner of Smokehouse to come and hang out with us so we can eat free jerky. He'll be in there. The whole time. (laughs) Now we're talking. Be like, hey, let's have some beers. I'm so hungry right now. Where's the snack sticks? Where's the snacks? He'd be like, oh, I got this, guys. Where's my jalapeno cheddar elk sticks, man? Man, how long has that company been been around? They're just amazing. Gosh, forever, it seems like. And I just drove by there the other day. I was heading, heading up that way. It looks like they're expanding it. They are expanding. Wow, they got some room. Yeah, they are expanding. They had some acreage there. They're um, doing a great job. So when you drive by, so like if you're in Michigan and you're driving up uh, the roads called M53 yep. and you're going north, um, on the left would be Country Smokehouse. And as you're approaching, though, the thing about it is during the hunting season, which is, makes it even more exciting, you'll be driving, and then all of a sudden you'll like see this smoke, right? You're like, what is that? And you look to your left and you see this huge outdoor smoking pit thing and i don't even know it's just like a giant smoker and they're smoking like like pork shoulder i mean everything amazing food then you pull in and you get yourself a pork shoulder sandwich whatever i mean they got tons of different things and it's just absolutely incredible and it's so good and it's like what the heck just happened you know you're driving on the road you think you see mcdonald's no you see this amazing (laughs) smokehouse sandwich place Awesome. Yeah. And, and, that's it, a, and you always start thinking, okay, if I get my deer, I can stop by here on the way. Oh, home yeah. Let them work it. And get me some sausage, uh-huh. jerky made, whatever. And they do. work deer, too. They'll, they'll uh, process them for you. Oh, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, they yeah. will. And they do a great job. He, he, they do a great seminar at the show, um, field dressing seminar. <clears throat> oh, do oh, they? Nice. Oh, yeah. Teach how to field dress it and butcher it and all that. It's Kevin and awesome. I are going to have to get good at it. If we, get yeah. a, if we get something else, South Dakota, we're going to have to quarter it out and Let's go. Carry it. Quarter it out. Do you know how to do that, Bob? Pretty much. I'm confident in skills. <laughs> just make sure it's a sharp knife. It's a lot <laughs> sharp easier. Knife sharp knife saw. Yeah. yeah. That's actually kind of exciting. I think it'd be fun to like do that in the field. Quarter it out. And I think depends it depends on where you're at. 
I wouldn't want to do it like well, uh, here's Alaska. the thing. In grizzly bear country. I was going to yeah. say, yeah, yeah. You got to make sure someone's watching out. But, yeah, I wouldn't want to do it in bear, grizzly bear yeah. country either. No. So. <clears throat> if you're by yourself, you might end up dying. Like a couple people have, have died from that situation. Right. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> I was working on a video that I'm going to post. I haven't posted it. It's called, um, like, outdoor safety, like trail safety. I'm working on it for another purpose. But I think I might use it for BHP as well because it's um, – it kind of goes through some things like people should recognize before they hit the trails, like to get outside. So I started working on this and I, I, I found the video clip and I know most of you guys have probably seen this video clip. It's from Eastman outdoors. And the, there, there's a team of hunters in moose country and they're, I, I would assume they're in Canada and they're on a river. And as they approach a turn a bend in the river, there are some baby like grizzly bears in the water. And they start to run towards the bank, the, the bears. And they're in, the, they're in a boat, so they're in just a canoe. And out of nowhere, this monster grizzly bear charges them from the bank through the water. And um, as the guy, there's a camera guy, a guide, and a, and a hunter. And as the hunter or a guide, I don't know who he was, um, kind of understood what was happening because it's so fast you know i mean the, the video is so you see this thing coming so quick and i'll show you guys when we're done with the podcast but the thing is coming so quick um he raises his shotgun and shoots into the water i don't know if he did that on purpose or he just missed right because he's bringing it up trying to you know and he got it off the shot off and it scared the bear Good. and it turned and ran away he didn't hit it either well, i've seen that video but i mean it happened in a split second oh, yeah. and and those are just some of the things that you have to be aware of uh in the field and and, and you know and being safe and i don't know i feel like sometimes well, I, I remember i mean i was black bear <laughs> hunting in michigan and it was my first time and i think i was there uh, no no i was with Corey, a mother mm-hmm. and a two cubs came into the bait pile and I was on the ground and previous, you were there previously, yeah, was there. we were, we were hunting hunt. in a tree and you know, you're up in a tree and I had a, I had a pistol on my side cause I was CPL and everything. Well, when the, something scared the, the bears and the two cubs went up the tree, they went up that tree so fast. Yeah. I was oh, like, yeah. if you didn't, there's no way you could pull a gun out and stop no them. Well, that, them things that, can climb a, Tree so fast. That's why I chuckle to myself when people say, "Oh, I'll run the bear, or I'll climb yeah, a tree." No, it, no you're no. not. You don't have to outrun the bear. You have to outrun the person next to you, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I remember. I remember the first bear hunt I went on in, in Canada. Yeah. The the guide carried a hatchet, mm-hmm. and I remember turning around to him one day, and it was the same scenario. I says, "You really going to fight that daggone yeah, bear okay. off with the hatchet?" He said, "No, I'm going to hit you in the back of the legs." And I'm gone. <laughs> and I just like I hit you in the back of the legs. Yeah, no. no, that's awesome. Speaking of, in the back speaking of, of crazy videos, you see that one. I wouldn't even have to do it to Kevin. Buffalo? I would just push him over and run. Yeah, you, you see the you see the buffalo in Yellowstone. The people were like going up to it and trying to pet it. I did stuff. see that. No. And this buffalo charges and flips a nine year old girl like ten feet. In double the air. flipped wow. her in the air. The only thing this that saved happened? her was she double yeah. flipped and came down on her. Feet. feet. Oh, feet. Wow. Yeah. People got to understand, man. These animals. This isn't Disney World. That's They're a two thousand pound. That's no. a two thousand pound away. wild animal. Respect. So, did they? Were they able to pet it <laughs> for a couple minutes? Or I don't know. When they kick you, though, like the thing could kill you. I mean, it's they. they there's signs everywhere. Stay a hundred yards away. It's a Volkswagen. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, right? So, like, that was part of the thing I did. The, this presentation thing I had to do, and I said in there, you know, I went through like a, a whole bunch of article after article about safety and all this stuff. Obviously, it covered lots of different topics, but simple stuff as, you know, making sure people know where you're going, um, you know, putting that before you leave, to you know, knowing how to do simple CPR or not CPR, simple uh, first aid that we mm-hmm. talked about in, in the other podcast, and. Um, but also the environment it was really important. So the animals, know what animals are out there, what vegetation's out there. Can you get poison ivy? Is it something you need to worry about? What kind of mosquitoes are out there and bugs, yeah. right? Because if you're not prepared with bug spray, that could really mess you up. You know, you should always have like a Sawyer water straw in your bag. It doesn't make sense not to have it. They're so cheap. Right. Um, they're like 10 or 20 bucks, and it's yeah. like a lifesaver if you're in the field. You could just suck right out of the river with it. You don't even need, a t- you know, anything else. It's crazy. Yeah, and with certain people, it's, you know, they get out there, they're not familiar with the territory, all day sit, get out. It doesn't look the same when you go in there. Like, yeah, no, yeah. Right. sure don't. And then that right could turn into a left, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That giant tree you saw, you know, on your way in, all of a sudden it's a little 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, you, you got it. I agree. Yeah. And now, nowadays, people have become man. so dependent on using electronic GPSs. And Big mistake. Yeah. It is. Compass. I did that a few years back. Uh, Compass. I had, a, I had a GPS, and I, what I did was I put... Um, I put a tra- I, I put a, a trail camera in the woods. I put a stand up on state land. I went back to the stand and I marked it with my trail my uh, GPS. Right, I just marked it with that, and I told myself I won't put any tax. I don't want no one to find it and steal it. Blah blah blah. So opening morning comes, and I'm by myself. This is like in 2009. I go out there I'm by myself on state land, pitch black, and I'm trying to like just I have my flashlight, but I'm walking around and I'm following the GPS. Well, the GPS every time it would be on, the light would go off. So the screen would go off. So I had to keep hitting a button, right? Every time I hit a button, unbeknownst to me, it would um, it would re- reallocate right. the uh, spot. So I wasn't in the right spot. And it kept like, it took it off the trail, right? And so I'm like, what is happening? It's, it's right here, but it's not. Couldn't find it. I walked around for 30 minutes and I was getting starting to get real mad because I'm like, I'm going to ruin my hunt. Yep. And then all of a sudden out of nowhere... This flash goes off, right? And it was my trail cam, but I didn't know it at the time. It scared the crap out of me. I thought I died. I was like, am I in heaven? Did this, what just happened? Aliens. I mean, it was like, and um, blind, you know, I was already, it was already dark anyway, but it was just like, and I'm like, what just happened? Did someone just flash me with yeah. a lighter? I don't even know. And then it dawned on me, it was my trail cam. Then I got the opposite feeling, like, yes, you know, because I know I knew where I put it and where the tree was, but it was just stupid, you know. But the biggest thing, out of everything I talked about and we talked about in this conversation, the biggest thing that I found when doing my research on this topic of getting, you know, the, uh, of trail safety is staying on the path. Yeah. This was a major, major thing. So here's a good example. So if you go on YouTube and you click, um, I think it's called Wonder. So I think it's Wonder or Wondery or something like that. But it's, it's tales of people who survived crazy ordeals, right? 90% of those ordeals came from them leaving the path. These are people who are like, don't even hunt, right? They go out, like one was in Costa Rica, or I'm sorry, uh, Cosmel. The guy walks out, and uh, he goes on a trail, and he there's a whole bunch of trails. It's like the, some sort of old um, Azteca, whatever, something like that, right? There's trails everywhere, and they all look the same. But they're through these, this jungle, right? And he decides that he wanted to cut through a path, and so he left that, the trail, at some point, he got lost already on these trails. He was already lost. And he left the path and got off. He didn't, he didn't come out of there for three weeks. And he barely, wow. I mean, he, he, he crawled out. Like, he just was crawling. And all of a sudden, he's on a beach. And it was, like, the northern part of Cosmel. I mean, like, wow. and he survived on, like, the crazy. He, he was just delusional the whole time. I mean, he basically barely lived. You know, I mean. There's an area, there's an area around here, like, that's similar to it. You get turned around at St. John's Marsh. You track a deer yeah. into the marsh. My my brother-in-law took me in there several years ago, and he walked. Is well, that the you, one where the guy they found the guy like on the trail sitting there? Well, there's there's no, numerous trails and stuff that go like that. through the Phragmites and everything else. But <clears throat> he took me in, walked me around, and then said, "Do you think you can find your way back?" I said, "Yeah, I'm pretty sure of it." And he knew that we were only, you know. 25, 35 yards off the road by his house. I got so twisted around in there. It's ridiculous. <clears throat> it's, it's dark. Yeah, yeah. They, they well, get the people other lost. Thing, Kyle, up by you, isn't there a place called Dead Man's Swamp north of you or something like that? Like, Dead Man's Swamp. Oh, snap. He doesn't even know about that it. That sounds oh, intense. I, I, no, I want to know amazing. about it. It needs to be an article well, about I, this. Tell me, tell me, tell me. <laughs> I think it's up by Ubley or something like that. Isn't there like a big swamp or something? I don't know. Like that? I think it's nicknamed Dead Man's Swamp. Dead Man's Swamp. swamp. Yeah. Why? Because you like get stuck oh. in it and you can't get out yeah okay. i mean like it's well like, that's what happened to this it's guy like legitimate man this guy like in the, miles I, and miles of i saw a video of a guy who was saved he was a hunter and he was out in the marsh tracking a deer and he got so tired over time like he ended up getting stuck in the marsh like he couldn't even get out his legs were like that deep in the water and he just sat there he couldn't do anything and they found him with a drone they got lucky they took drones looking for him mm. but you know they that he was on a trail, right? They, so they found him on this trail in this marsh. But anyway, the other thing is, the one thing that people don't realize, and this was one of the biggest things I found in this, was that when you're in a mountain area, you can be completely deceived by sounds. Yeah. So yeah. people don't realize that you're on a trail, and you could hear people talking, and you think the trail is that way if you're lost. Hey, 
but that's not what it was. It was the bouncing. So another couple on that wonder wonder show, they went out on a mountain thing. They took a, a ski lift up this mountain to overlook it, and they're on trails. And then they realized that they're a little bit behind, right? And they're trying to get back to those people that were leaving. Otherwise, they'd be stuck up there overnight, but at least on the trails, right? And they would know they were on the trails. But no, they tried to cut through the woods thinking that it was the trails on the other side because they heard the people talking. But that was nothing. They were gone. No, you're totally And lost. so they got totally lost. And they ended up, the only reason they lived, listen to this crap, this is nuts. The only reason they lived is they found a dead man who had gotten lost in the same scenario. Maybe not that scenario, but he got lost. They found his tent. They eventually found his body, and he was all skull. skull. I mean, That's he was. Insane. this is years, years before. Wow. But listen, in his backpack was a pack of matches. This is the only reason they got found. And it was dry season, and they lit the forest on fire. It's the only reason they got found. Wow. No. So I don't know, like, if you're – I don't think you're probably allowed to light a forest on fire, but I would probably do it too if it was my life at stake. If it's your last resort? And yeah. it burned his tree, and, the, and, the, and a helicopter that was looking for him actually saw the smoke and came over, and they got found, and that they lived. crazy. Wow. But so the dead guy saved them. It was weird. I mean, that the odds. The guy that probably got lost going the opposite direction. Yeah. Or yeah, maybe even the been. same direction. Who knows? Wow. But he died, and, and they, you know, it's crazy that his death made them live in a weird way. It's yeah. just odd. It was very odd, so, like, how it happened, they said, but. It was just like a boyfriend girlfriend who went out. Like they're like, oh, you know. That's always one of my biggest fears. You know, when you go into some place you're not familiar with, is that turnaround factor. I hate that feeling. Given mixed oh. up. We went to Nebraska a couple years ago on a hunt. Gorgeous land, beautiful, and there was a stand called. Every stand had a different name to it, of course, and there was one that I was going in on the very first morning, called Rubber Boots. So you go through everything else is pretty easy, pretty marked out good. We got to cross a creek, in the morning. And I'm like, okay, well, I can see my stand. There it is. The guy took me out there and stuff, and then he goes, on your way back, you know, just try to remember we came through. It's marked here and there, but it was so dark that night. When I got out of there, my mind was already playing little tricks on me, like, okay, I can hear it, but why is the, why is the water louder? So it rained, and that creek got a little full, and that current got a little stronger, and I was like, okay, I know it's right there. But when you take that first step in, you sink a little bit, and that I'm like, oh, my God. Am I, am I going the right way? Yeah. And then in your mind, you're thinking, Uh-oh. oh, no, <laughs> I'm in freaking panic mode now. Yeah. Like, yeah. Now I'm looking for it. I got my light out and I'm, I'm searching. I said, okay, that bank was a lot higher, you know, when I came in. Is it the right one? Yeah. You know? And I'm like, okay, just cross the creek and then just slow it down. Slow well, how many, down, how many times bear hunting yeah, did you walk scary. by your stand? Oh, yeah. After I mean, the first, yeah. well, we went. he'll take you out and show you the stand. Yeah. And then from there on out, you're responsible. You're responsible. For, I can't tell you the number of times I've walked right by the stand and I realized, oh, I know I've gone too far. You turn around, stands 30 yards behind you. Exactly. I, when I came out, I mean, I, I got through, obviously. I'm here. <laughs> yeah. But when I came out, I was way off path. Well, I was you? heading way right to when I should have been going way left. And I stopped and I said, okay, there's the fence row. I got to go that way. So thank God I was, you yeah. know. It's so it's such a great feeling when you finally get oriented. It was the best. Yeah. It's like, oh, now okay, I know where I recognize this. Yeah. I know where I'm at now. And like that, one of the first things I'll do when I sit in the stand, I'll look at everything around me. Yes. Mark stump. Yep. Birch. Water. Well, yep. One of the things I do too now, and I, I always, I mean, this is something I learned a long time ago from when you're walking out. Stop and turn around and look at the way it looks from the other direction. Yeah. Because it's, like you said, it always looks completely different. Yeah. You know, the little tree becomes the big tree and all this exactly. other stuff. But if you, if you just every so often turn around and look say, okay, this is what it looks like when I'm coming right. back, you know. I would get to the point where, I, you know, you sit there all day long. I didn't see hardly anything in that stand. And I was like, you know, that was my fear going into it. I was like, okay, this, is, this can be tricky. I'm not yeah. familiar with this land at all. It's way different. And I was using my rangefinder, and I was saying, okay, that one's 20 yards away. Mm-hmm. That one's 35 yards away. That one's 50 yards away. I got to go in the middle of those. Yeah. You know, and just try to find a way to gauge your surroundings and right. use it as, like, a path to get you back to safety. And that stupid river kind of threw me off a little bit. Yeah, and it's it can happen so fast, you know. How Did that hunt end up becoming a successful hunt out there? The last day and the last hour. What would you get? Uh, Ten point. Nice. Nice. Tail tail. Nice. Yeah. nice. It was a lot of fun. It was it was one of those 
one of those trips, you know, you get out there first thing. I mean, it's early, and you're there all day long in a stand. And, and that Nebraska weather was a little bit different that week, you know, five days. We'd get there the first day, I remember, ready for cold weather. I was, you know, nice and bundled up. Turned out to be 60 and sunny. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God. So the next day, I'm like, okay, the weather's changed a little bit. Maybe I won't wear so heavy. Cool. And it snowed. And it just snowed. <laughs> and then the next day, 30-mile-an-hour winds, got, you know, gusts. Oh, and going crazy at you. But the last day, I was sitting in a little ground blind, a little mare step blind. And uh, I was convinced. I was okay. I came to the conclusion, probably not going to go home with anything. I'm okay with that. Sure. I've seen some nice deer. Met some great people, had a great time, a wonderful trip. And, you know, early in the day, early in the morning, I saw a huge buck making a scrape like 65 yards in front of me, up a hill. I'm like, okay, maybe he's going to come back down. Nothing. I saw nothing the rest of the day. Mm. And it was like 4.55. I doe walked in on this nice 10-point walk right behind there, and I was like, whoa, where'd you come from? I've been looking this whole area this whole time Uh and finally got him and – that made the trip all yeah, over. Yeah, it does. It and then does. we drove it back really to does. Iowa that night <laughs> to That's get awesome. on a plane. <laughs> That's an awesome story. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I, I, you know, I can't say that I wasn't bored a lot of times. <laughs> You're sitting there by yeah, yourself for hunting, right? five days nonstop. You're like, okay, here we go. Is the deer going to show up now? What's going to happen? You count the squirrels, you the count birds. The squirrels. Yeah, the cows all around you. I saw an elk, a free-roam elk out there in Nebraska. What, what part of Nebraska were you in? Uh, northeast. North? East. We were looking at northwest. Yeah, yeah. Northeast, the elk, and I didn't know the elk came that far. Very east. rare. Yeah. yeah, that's very rare. Kind of strange. And we had two guys um, who were kind of scouting for us a little bit way out, and they're like, they came in after we did. And they're like, did you guys see the elk? I'm like, I saw it. I had to like double take. I'm like, is that a, a farm out there? Is that a you know someone they're raising? He's like, no, that's a big. That's that's a free roaming elk. I'm like, dude, that's cool. Wow. Heard a bugle and everything. I was like, wow. That I mean, it was like really 300, neat. 400 yards away. I got my binoculars on it. I don't care if there's a giant buck next to me. I was just like this. Oh, you know, the whole yeah. time, like, this is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I loved it. I'd go back on that. That was a great hunt. That's like uh, Bob and I went up to Val d'Or, Quebec, you know. Oh, yeah. You talk about thick area, I mean, You yeah. could be 10 feet away from your stand and not see and it. And you don't see anything. Bears. But, so, we're, we're bear hunting, and uh, you see a moose. And it's like the moose is what takes up your you're your, you're looking at the moose exactly. instead of worrying about the bear. You know, yeah. just so cool to see some stuff out there. Well, we almost hit the moose that one year going up the White River. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, but you were with us, weren't you? I wasn't driving with you, but yeah. No, I was that there. was the trip that you guys met us. Yeah, the next that's day the trip we're something. doing next year. That's for sure. I want to do another bear hunt soon. I want to do an elk hunt out west. I I was lucky an enough. Elk hunt. I was lucky enough awesome. to draw a Michigan tag. Did you really? Yep, we did? I, this year? No, no. He got his elk already. Oh, oh. Seven, eight years ago. I, I took don't think a, you a, can never get one again, right? Did you get nope. one? Yeah, six by seven. With a gun? Wow. With a rifle. Could you have shot with a bow? No. Yeah, that's why I'm doing a gun. If too. I was Krishner, I might have been able to. How it was far? 350 yards. <laughs> Between 325, 350. Did you hit it good? I hit it twice. The first time it didn't even, it was like, eh. What? I thought I missed. <laughs> wow. I wound up popping it twice. Was in it the a chest. buck? I mean, uh, it, it was a bull. A bull? You've been a to bull. my house. Eh? I haven't been to your house, huh? You, can, can come you don't invite me, Bob. You invite the kids to swim, but not me. <laughs> then you wonder why I give you a hard time. <laughs> I give you a free you? sight. <laughs> <laughs> You're always teasing them, Dave. <laughs> oh, yeah, my wife's real happy. It hangs in the, hangs in That's the gray cool. room. That's cool. So when did you do that? What year was that? Uh... Between Atlanta and Vanderbilt. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. I know that area very well. Yeah. We have a place up in Sheboygan. And it was on Sheboygan. private. Sheboygan. Yep. Sheboygan Brewery. Now we're talking. Yeah. It was on <laughs> private land. Yep. Had to have a guide. Awesome. And he, the guide asked me, he says, you think you can hit this thing? I said, nah. We'll find out. I'm good. I know this rifle shoots that far. Yeah. I says, <laughs> I shot the first time and I thought, shit, I missed. Yeah. And I actually hit it. It just didn't realize it. That's cool. Shot it a second time, and it dropped about five feet from where I... Really? Yeah, I put nice. two right right through the, the lungs. Right through the kuka. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, hauled it, we hauled it out of the farmer's field with a 
A front loader. Did you? <laughs> so heavy. What else are you going to use? Bowl. That's crazy. Six by yeah. seven? That's a nice yeah. bowl. Yeah. Oh, it's nice beautiful. Bowl. It's beautiful. Mo. All right. Well, we're going to wrap this up. So we got yeah, the just... Woods and Water Outdoor Weekend coming up in early September. Make sure you guys check it out. Keel and the Woods and Water News. Make sure you check them out and online. Uh, Kevin, I have one more thing. Go yeah, ahead. before we go, Keel, why don't you just tell them, like, so a family's coming out there. Do the kids get in free? Is yes. there a discount price? Yes. What, what, tell, tell us about it. So it's, it's $10 admission. Okay. Kids 12 and under free. Nice. Bring the families. It's a, it's a, you know, there's no no parking fee. Right. $10 come in. We got beer tent. We got Camp Chili Cook-Off. Everything. Ultimate Air Dogs. Puppy tent. You know, whole kids now area where rock climbing wall. And you got a, um, like a ropes course coming in now. I mean, there's arts and crafts, everything. It's you don't have to be a hunter. Food. You don't. Lots you of, just, lots it, of food. It's just a good time and... Good people. Yeah, and you will we'll have be an out there. Blast. We'll be out there podcasting. And, it's going to be uh, fun. See us. Starting Friday night, we'll be there. Uh, we'll be out there for maybe an hour, Friday yep. night, maybe two. Uh, we'll try to help kick it off a little bit. And then uh, Saturday, not all day, but pretty much. But what we're going to do is in between breaks, we'll have, we'll have the podcast playing and yep. audio. So you'll be able to listen in. Last year at Ted Nugent, like 30,000 people are looking for him. <laughs> <laughs> He's here. He's here. And then I had to pull it. because Ted, dro- if you're listening, stop then Ted, by. Then yeah. Ted dropped the F-bomb. So I'm like, ah, cut this one, cut this one. Had to <laughs> Too cut many it. kids here. I can't, ain't, ain't going to work. So I, we had to cut that. We had a guy. We had, it's funny because we had a guy pre-listening to it in his ear with a phone yeah. while we were airing it with a delay. Oh, yeah. And then he's like. Wait a minute, I just heard one. <laughs> it's a cut <cutout. laughs> It was hilarious. He was delayed at his delay. It was hilarious. Uh, but anyway, yeah, check it out. Woods and Water Outdoor Weekend. Seriously amazing. A lot of fun. And come see us. We'd love to see you guys and meet you in person. And uh, Kevin will be there signing autographs. I know that. Yeah, yes. Kevin. He's, yeah. He'll sign you, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I right, will see you guys next time on the BHP Podcast. Take care. Thanks so much for listening to the Bowhunter Planet podcast online at bowhunterplanet.com with your host, Team BHP. Check us out on Facebook at Bowhunter Planet. We'll catch you next time. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working. The HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.